Yes, today we're joined by Glenn's Vodka, Scottish Premiership Manager of the Month for November, Davey Martin. Go on, Davey! I thought it was for January. <laughs> no chance. Who's won that? But be a big Ange, wouldn't it? If we don't use it all night, wouldn't no, it? No, no, I'll tell you. It's somebody, but it's, no, it's none of the top two. Well, but I know who it is, but I can't announce it yet. We're unbeing. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I swear to God, if, it, if it's no Livingston, I'm, I'm not taking it all. You've had a great month, to be fair to you. Unbeing. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We get to this, we, we get a say in who gets it, and I voted that for you. That energy drink is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, somebody voted against you. No, no chance. Uh, you wouldn't do that to me. I would never do that to you. Is that, is it the ugliest you've seen in a lovely jacket? Seriously, what? No, I think um, you were given a name earlier, and I've, he's a nice looking boy. What Good looking boy. I can see why you and Bruce go together. Uh, I love that for you. He did say Andy Halliday was the worst looking Livingston player of all time. Did he? Is that no, what you no, no, don't do that. I mean, you did that. <laughs> Andy! No, I mean, you Andy. got a shotgun under there. <laughs> <laughs> Still on his butter. <laughs> you got a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is magic, isn't it? This is, yeah, where, this is where every manager, when, you, when you're listening to this, this is what you need to come as, don't you? Be yourself. This is thing. why he's so successful, man. The personalities everywhere. This is why I'm still at Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure. You could go anywhere you want, mate, but just. We'll move on to the game the other night. How was it against Celtic, mate? I don't know. I wasn't really watching it. Kind <laughs> <laughs> yourself. I just thought, ah. Huh? I mean, there's, I mean, there's a debate going on the new. Is it probably one of the most dominant sides? You've I came think up so. Against? I've came up against Brendan Rodgers, the Celtic at its top. I've, I think John Kennedy had the team for a wee while. I think Lenny had it. Mm. And to be fair, we managed to take points off hands last year. We took four points off him, but I think he's, nah, I think he's kicked on. I think he's really, really kicked on in it. It's, for me, it's one of the hardest challenges I've had coming up against a Celtic team at Parkhead. How you set your team? Pardon me, that's that stupid energy. Oh, it's like good. Tastes like, like Pakora. <laughs> oh my God. Indigestion. He'll be soon, you, mate. <laughs> you can be done, sir. <laughs> oh, I, I'll need to come with a bottle of Gaviscon. <laughs> Buy one, get one free in it. <laughs> so maybe team up with him, because he'll sell even more Gaviscon. Who is the thing this year? No, David, um, Manager month from November. <laughs> November. How have you, <laughs> in February. Steve, how have you been getting on since then? Done quite well. Mm -hmm. Done quite well. Um, normally you get the manager in month, it's doing healthy there, innit? So I the boys went unbeaten in January. Have I told you that? Mm. Brilliant. I told yeah. you that. Have I spoke about budgets and Celtics budgets and that? Was that budget? Did Dan say anything the other night? I said, your budget's me and you let on. I said, no, it's not. Did you? No, of course <laughs> it never. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, like, you speak to Ange, but I think, I think he's done a great job. And he's, he's always very complimentary to Livingston. So him and John Kennedy, to be fair to him, are, they, they take time to come and speak to you and say, oh, well done, he's doing well, whatever. And he's done that since he came in, he's done it last year as well. But um, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge trying to take points off Celtic. When did you say that to you, right after the game, or just go and sit for a bit? No, that, that doesn't really happen as much oh, now. I think Covid put a wee bit of an end to that, and then it was just one of the things. Because you were only doing it, it was easier. Just to know, do it. Nah, it's probably just me, isn't it, right in the office. Yeah, it's wild thing Andrew's got in the office, isn't it? That's how they're so successful. But wild thing they've been drinking. The energy, yeah. energy is, it, is that yeah. what it is? Every one of them are drinking it every day. Is it? Three times a day. I need to order some of that. Yeah. I'll get you a case, don't you worry about it. Get me a but case. Say, we're, talk, we're talking a wee bit earlier about sort of young coaches. Maybe is it too early going into management? Marvin Bartley, he's went on. Do you think that's the right decision for him? For Marv, I think it is. I right. think Marv, like, I'm not going to speak about individual people, but there's some people you, you look at and you go, they're very, very good coaches, and then there's other people you go, I think he'd be a very good manager. That's just my opinion. 
Um, so I think Marv's Marv's um, decent for management. He is a manager, and I think he'll do really well because for me, that's one of Marv's major strengths. What, how would you see him that you think will make him a good manager? <clears throat> it's just his man managing, his personality, um, and he'll get better as he goes on, mate. Probably sitting with me for two years in the office helped him out because every time I got a player in, he just shot out the door because <laughs> he didn't want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think Marv, for me, Marv, Doogie, he's got, Doogie had a wee bit of both, if I'm honest. He was a really good coach, but you could see him being a manager. Marv, again, he's a good coach, but I think he'll really, really take to management. Christoph Berra's in there. Uh, Christoph Berra, but I was going to ask you, how do you work your training? Would you, do you deliver most of it or do coaches come in and do bits? And we have team meetings. We'll have a meeting in the morning, pre-game, post-game. So there's mo meetings most mornings and what we're going to do during the week. Um, I'll take the majority of sessions, but I like to split the sessions up within my sessions as well. And we'll take the defensive players away, the offensive players away, and we'll work in patterns of play or the strengths and the threats that the opponents are going to bring to us and we'll work in the weaknesses or the opportunities that we feel. Through so the we week you do that? Aye, we do it through mm -hmm. the There's a lot of <clears throat> detail goes into the coaching on a weekly basis. Do you know what? You should actually come in and go through a week with us. Like one week. No, but a proper week. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? And then that will give you a feel to come in the meetings. We'll get a laugh, but come in and do a proper week with the boys. Because See, be in the meetings, David, do you give your coaches a saying... Like, do you say, well, what do you think we should do there? In my meetings, personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, of course, yeah. of course. I think, um, So do you make all your coaches watch the game for the weekend, then? Will you say, we do don't make we them, we do. Good. We do, so every game that comes back to us, we'll have all goals and chances, and we kind of try and strip the game back to all goals and chances. So that's really all entries into the box, really. So you're watching all entries of you and the team you're playing, entries into the, the box. So you're looking and going, can I do that better? What can I do better? Then you'll flip that and you'll look at the opponents that you're going to come into. So Saturday, play Kilmarnock, I'll get put to bed Monday morning. So we'll come in Monday morning, we'll have a post-game meeting and then we'll go into the post-game analysis, then we'll train and then Tuesday morning it'll be the pre-game meeting going into the rest of the week. So if you Tuesday to Saturday, it's all about the opposition uh, Even Monday, Monday after the meeting, Monday's training session still gears towards the opponents at the weekend. Great. I did text you, mate, generally when that sort of opportunity came up as a coach, I did text you, didn't I? And you said, hand your CV in. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a CV. I knew that, that's why I asked you to hand it in. Aye. <laughs> you didn't want me, did you, really? Would you, would you have seriously considered them? Seriously? A guy you your badges? No, see, to be fair, I'd met Christoph a few times, seen him play, I'd worked with Foxy, Foxy knew him, I actually tried to sign Christoph when John Guffey left and he went to Rafe Rover, so I'd had him in the office and spoke to him. I think I needed a bit of experience, a left footer and somebody, to, see for me I like defenders who can defend first and foremost, so I'd actually spoke to Christoph about coming into us for a year before he went to Rafe Rovers. So I had a bit of a relationship with him and I'm always thinking like Marv, I put Marv in for jobs without asking Marv because I knew Marv wanted to be a manager so I'd, I'd been encouraging other clubs That's to come great. in and speak to Marv so I knew Marv was going to move on at some point so I've always got people in the back of my head you were you were there but you're miles away <laughs> um, I've always got people in the back of my mind that I think if this does happen this does materialise this is probably where I'm going probably to go that, with really so, see did you need to sit and speak to him first I know you met mm -hmm. him before on a player yeah. level and did did that have a massive say in you taking him on? Like, probably not. Person nah, probably not. Because he's he's just a he's just a genuinely really nice guy. But he's played top level, and I think it's important even for me at this stage of my career to be learning from Christoph. I'll pick stuff up defensively from Christoph 
that I can use to further my career mm. as well. But it's going to help the collective at Livingston. And the big thing is, I think you've got to use the people around about you. I think in my early years at Livingston, I've, I've done absolutely everything. But <clears throat> I'm trying to get better at delegating that as well. And if you've got the right staff around you, it's much easier to do. Drink, see, on that joint, you can be too, no, no you personally, but see if you're yeah. delivering every session, the, the players might go, I'm not, a wee bit sick of hearing him all the time. Probably. Probably. That's me, I need to stop that. No, well. but that's what I'm actually yeah. thinking. See, because it's, you're big person, it's hard. It's hard. So, on a Monday, I, that's, I've only started that this year. On a Monday, it's a recovery session. So, the starting 11, if you play 60 minutes or more, you're in a gym, a gym based starting uh, recovery session. So, then you're maybe looking at 10 to 12 players that are played under 30 minutes or um, no started or just in the, or maybe not even in the squad. So, I'll let Christoph and Neely take the recovery session. Then we're going into a wee bit more detail on the Tuesday and I'll bounce into the Tuesday. Wednesday's generally the day off. The Thursday I'll start the session off and then I'll split the session into more detail what we're trying to do going into that game plan. And I'll give Christoph and the goalie coach the defenders. But we've all agreed within the meetings during the week, these are the, the three or four points that we think are relevant going into this game. I'll work on the three or four points we think are relevant. How do we score and how do we stop them scoring yeah. so we split that up and we give each coach a wee bit of time so we do a generic analysis pre-game analysis this morning on so I'll speak to the analyst but he's worked with me now Ewan's worked with me now for three years so he kind of knows what I'm wanting so between the two of us Ewan will go and do all the edit and get all the video up we'll do the pre-game analysis today Christoph and Neely will then do their pre-game analysis on an individual basis so it's a back four or as a unit, a midfield and back four unit, we could have done this better last week, we need to do this better this week. So we go into a wee bit more detail again through video. I like to coach, you've not got the time to do this, I think. But I'm big on visual. So I think people are visual learners. Now we're, we're a wee bit older school, me more so than you, but we learn on the park. We coaches, right, you get that done. Yeah, so you're, that's more of a tactile, you're on the part. So you've got your tactile side of the coaching. you then got the verbal side of it where I'm delivering a message and now speaking to you, but I'm also doing that on the park. But I'm big on visual because I think now a modern day players grew up with an iPad and a, um, mm -hmm. a phone. Mm -hmm. And I think they learn a lot through visual. So we had a company in last year and we done an insights. He's ever done any of this. <clears throat> How people learn, what type I of leaders they are. So there's three types. Yeah, there? there's three learning. types. I so it's all in there, and it's pretty amazing. Like, and I'll know his name. So one player learned. He was a wee bit older, and he picked up sixty percent of the information I was giving him through on the grass. Twenty percent through verbal, maybe wow. me sitting in the room talking to him, and twenty percent through visual. There's all our younger players coming through, and I'm seeing maybe boys up to twenty-eight and down now that were bigger visual learners than what they were in the field. That's crazy. Man. But you mm. judge players on. <laughs> What they do in training, don't you? Yeah. Because how many bad trainers you seen, but in a game they turn up. Mm -hmm. How many good trainers? I'm going to say you were a good trainer. Just no, I was the opposite. You were brutal in the park. I was. Brutal. <laughs> well, I, was I, I actually didn't enjoy. I gave hundred percent. Did you know? I was in a good position. I've seen it. I've seen it. So you learn a different way. I don't think he learns any of the three of us. Do you know? I don't I think there needs to be a fourth swim. Exactly. Three ways of an air mahi. Are you allowed to be bleep? Did we bleep this? No, go. You can say. So you're fucked. Well, I'm fucked because it's me that's in charge. But do you know what I mean? There's going to be a fourth way out there that we're not there must be something. But um, so we try and deliver the coaching messages through the three different mediums. Oh, And we send the day before the game, they'll get a two minute clip in every single player that's in the Commander squad showing the strengths and weaknesses of that player. 
Now, there's no chance every player's going to watch a video with 45 minutes. So what we say is try and spend time on your direct opponents. So the opponents you're going to come up against. So we put a lot of detail into the club. And that's been an evolution. Year on year, we're all, I'm always tweaking it and trying to do something different. Again, a lot of people on this wouldn't want to care, but we obviously care because you're part-time. Could you do the, the sort, Could you go to that sort of depth when you had... Were you no. part-time here now? I, I was Broxburn, remember? Broxburn, uh, So I was part-time at Broxburn. Historically, you do. Tuesday, you're in, you're getting your cardio because you've been out drinking at the weekend, mm. so you're trying to run the drink out of boys, and then Thursday, you're going into a more detailed session. But really... You're not really getting a chance to get that message over. But it's all relevant, I think, because you're playing against teams that are doing something similar. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But what we did and what I done was I encouraged the boys to go to the gym. So the boys would do a Monday night, they'd try and get to the gym. Tuesday or training, they'd do a bit of gym. Wednesday and a Thursday, they'd come off it. So they're doing four gym sessions, two training sessions. That's what I encouraged when I was part-time and that's what I done when I was part-time. Whereas if you look at a full-time club, you're maybe two gym sessions and four football sessions. Mm. So you're trying to flip it, but flip you know yourself, it's educating them. It's, boys have got kids, wives, work commitments. It's, it's, difficult, eh? it's so difficult, eh? So you just on the backroom staff last thing, I know you said you gave them an insight training. What about in terms of before games, after games? Do you let them talk? Or is yeah, so I'll you do, do the, you don't? the team talk. But for me, the team talks, ah, it's a partly motivational, but you've done all your details during the week. Like, uh-huh. We've got a PowerPoint that goes on the screen that's a build-up of the week as well. And it's roughly 24 pages and it's got every bit of detail on it and your name's highlighted and it's got all your aspects of what you're going to do. So I'll sometimes refer to the team talk, I'll sometimes refer to the, the training of the, the week previously because remember these important points of what we're going to do. Um, so I'll take that wee bit first and foremost, then they'll come in, do their warm-up, come in. And then I'll get the boys, and it's not a Celtic huddle, but I'll get all the boys in, everybody's in, every member of the staff. We'll do kind of, it's a wee bit of a huddle. Um, and then I'll say what I've got to say, and then I'll pass a bit over to Nicky. So I'll let the captain, the captain will then say his wee bit. And I just think it brings us all together. At half time, we'll bring the coaches in a wee bit more to say their piece after I've said my piece and after the game. How's, how's Nicky talking to the group? So what I used to do is I'd sit and I'd say my wee bit, roughly a minute or whatever that, just gene the boys up, remember this, remember this, remember this. And then I'd, Somebody would catch mine, I'd say, right, Si, you say something, you see boys, ah, they'd shit, I'd say, wee pits, he'd look at the floor and like that. So I actually stopped doing it because it got that uncomfortable with people because they didn't know who I was going to pick uh-huh. and they were all looking at the floor, so I'd pick somebody and oh my God. And I even caught Nicky with it originally at the start, right, Nicky? And he's like, oh my God, see? But now Nicky knows it's going to be Nicky every week. So he's like, oh, every bit. I find that. Nicky saying a wee bit as a captain is uh, sometimes it can be a wee bit more motivational than me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's coming from their captain just before we go out into the park and you can feel the passion on Nicky's voice as well. Because mm. every player That's steps good. on that part, what he went again with football. I don't believe boys go out to half no, arse. Yeah, yeah. I think you can motivate them or you can unmotivate them, but there's no, in my experience, I've not had players go in the park, no to play for you, no to try for their mates. So between me and Nicky, I think they're going out. And we've got a song. I had a sports psychologist in for a couple of years as well. I had her in and we've got a song that we play. And when you hear that song, even during pre-season, see if you're sitting at swimming pool and you're away somewhere and the song comes on, it gets you into that game day mode a wee bit. So the boys pump that up. You're not going to tell us what it is now. All of the lights. I can't remember. When it's banging, the boys are going right up. It's really good. You said Nicky phoned you before every game asking what, ask what he said. Ask him what he said. 
so, so he's been caught. For him, Aye, so I, every Friday night, I'll sit for him. I knew it was not him. You can knew it was not him. About him, that boy. I could listen to you all day. By the way, I'm looking at your eyes. I'm really loving you. But I think people would look at him and say he, he's a guy that wants to do every at the club. Nobody else has got to say. But when you listen to this insight, it's brilliant, man. No how many people it's, the coaches? For young I think coaches it, as well. Sorry, it's a lazy narrative. But yeah. oh, Davey will shout at the players. It's all in awe. The players play for him. Right, okay. The players play for most managers. Now there is managers you can see there maybe times up in that, and you can see a wee bit. But we put a lot of detail into making the players better at the club, and I think that goes unnoticed. What do you get annoyed by that? I know you said water over. I can't change people's perception, people's opinion. I've, I've kind of got to a place in my life where I don't worry about things I can't control. Do I do think I mean? I, I, I'm not just saying. I do think it has changed now. I do think people are really respecting you for Probably your interview may have probably done that. Aye, uh, that was a big I don't up. think these interviews helped me for more. No, they see your flash. You, you usually get me a move to League Two. <laughs> <laughs> no, David, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, no, no, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. No, but I'm just okay. saying the comments in your <laughs> the comments in our interview one were oh, mate, honestly, what people are saying about Probably the most I mean, ever. The amount of people message Dave Martin was incredible. Mm. What a guy never I think, knew he was. I think Scottish football fans can relate to me because they feel that I'm one of them and I am. You've not been like with the wild thing though, which is poor. Mm. I'm, going back on that. I'm, I'm going to do another one. I was only kidding. Mm. Good like that if you knew something that you didn't like, you done a half-time team talk at Stenhouse Muir. Were you raging that that get, that I was get out? Disappointed that I got out because I thought it was really unprofessional. It's I'm, a that, mate, it? I'm a bothered about the content, no really. Well, if you, if you were in my country. changing room and you were in the changing room, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and put a team talk on just to impress. I would be me. Mm. I go in and I don't go in me preconceived, I'm big on my intuition. So as I go in, I can read the room. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. You're looking at the game and- Whether they need lifted or whether uh, they need You, you know yourself, certain players, you've got to give them a bit, but you can maybe go and get them before they go to the door and give them a wee cuddle, so mm -hmm. to speak, or give them a wee G up. So I'm big on the int intuition side of it. Um, and it wasn't disrespectful to Stenhouse Muir. They went up the park and scored once, and then it became really difficult, the game. I just thought we needed a wee jolt. We weren't getting that ourselves on the park and uh, I think it was the bit they heard it was maybe Stephen Bradley who was getting a wee bit to and Stephen goes on the park and scores two fantastic goals in 10 minutes mm -hmm. now I'm not saying that was just because of that but sometimes you you've, got, that, you you've got young players and you've got to be able to read the room and I'm big on the intuition when I go in the room you can feel a wee bit of a vibe you can you, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know yourself where you're going in. Sometimes you've got to lift the boys sometimes you've got to give them a cuddle sometimes you've got to give them a boot up the ass but me as a manager, that comes from my experience, what I think they need at that. And you're not always going to get it right. Right, of course. But as long as you get more right and you get wrong. Because that's what I had. I've had a lot of arguments about it. People come up to me and say, oh, what about that, Matt? Mate, that's nothing. It's that nothing, happens, mate. It happens but all the time. I think I'm probably a product to the environment I was in. The, yeah. the era of football I grew up in, that was nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you were in your... Do you know what I mean? So it's a change room for me, but that's probably the disappointing part it was that side that it got out mm -hmm. whereas there's a lot more goes into it you can't be one uh, nothing at Stenhouse we're in the league too what, what are you expecting you're coming to go out if we, well if we go out to the Scottish Cup right exactly. fair play to Steny but if we went out to the Scottish Cup to a league two team who's part Titan by the way we should all be looking at our jobs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're not doing our jobs properly me included but we got the reaction I wanted, but that's not a standard half-time team talk, to be honest. Just on Bradley, what a signing he's been, eh? Been brilliant. I met his agent in the gym, and he says he's going into Livy. Davey wants to meet him first, he wants to talk to him, and he says, couldn't you believe Davey sat down and went, why should I, why should I sign you? Aye. Is that right? Aye, he came in, he's, so he's, he came in with a joggy on, and he's like, ah, so he's, 
Sat in the chair and he's, he's like, ah, I goes, get up. <laughs> and his agent, what is wrong with boys, so his man? agent, right, but his agent, so I said, like, he's for posal, so I think there's a certain way you can speak to one and I'm for the scheme. Um, I said to his agent, I said, look, go and, go and give his five, ten minutes with myself. All right, okay. And I had to, I tell him, I said, this is what I've heard. So why is Hibs letting you go? And I looked in his eyes and he, I believed everything he told me. And do you know what? The kid, since he's come in, has been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely incredible. And I think, again, it comes down to man management. You maybe look at boys, their face scheme, and maybe don't talk the same as some managers, some board members, and mm-hmm. they kind of get ostracised slightly. And Stephen, there's a different way to manage Stephen, because I think he's one of these younger generation that you've got to coach a wee bit differently. It might not be always the best in a certain drill, so sitting in the park at training, shouting at somebody, you bring him in, you explain, you talk to him, but he actually understands football. I put him on, who were we playing? FC La Paja, and then I put him on against Fortuna Sittard, and they were, they had Yilmaz and all that playing for him. Remember him? Mm-hmm. So we played them over in a big stadium in Turkey, 25,000 here. Is this like a trial, Davey? No, of? so we're in Turkey, so I Are took him away. Have No. No, right, no. And do you know what? I thought it was going to be a lot of coaching in him in terms of off the ball coaching. I know what he could do on the ball. So there's got to be a why. Why is he no? Why is Hibs not kept him? I couldn't find the why. I couldn't find it. Off the ball, ready to say where is he? I'm like, he's exactly where I want him to be. He'd done all these things off the bat himself. So I now coach the nice side of the game with Stephen, the offensive side. Well, what about this? What if you do that? And I would probably you go to try and do this a wee bit better. Because see, off the ball, the kid understands football. Yeah. And for me, that's the biggest thing. Boys have got to understand football. Are they coachable? But to be coachable, I think you've got to love football. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to be in love with football to understand the game management, the game knowledge side. Mm-hmm. Of it. And that's the, that's the difficult part for me. I'm not saying you, it's the be-all and end-all, but as a coach, it helps me if you study football. Is there ever a player you've wanted to sign and you've really liked him and then you've went and met him and it's kind of put you off sign him after the chat you've had with him? Um, nah, not really. Not Who was really. the boy that you were telling us you couldn't guess his name last time? But he played with a big team member. So they can't give you his name. But do you remember that oh, last time? There was a player he played in maybe the English Premier League or something or a top league. He's got somebody got it right because somebody had looked at a comment and somebody had got it right and I can't remember who it was. How did that go? I'm trying to think who it was. I don't think I signed him, did I? No, I don't think you did. I don't think I did. See, in terms of the research you did for a player, how how deep do you go into that? Yeah, deep, um, I've got to give all the secrets away, but you spend a lot of hours watching a player, so when they come through to me, I've got a quick fire, like, it's kind of like half an hour, it's not an algorithm, but a half an hour process that I go through, whether I'm going to spend another three hours on a player or whether it's going to go in the pending tray. So you know that after 30 minutes, where I think so, I, I knew after, I knew after 15 minutes, where, no, it's kind of my visuals, what I'll go through, how I'll, I'll check in status, check Scout, I'll check transfer market, and I'll kind of, can you have a, a wee half hour in the player, right? Is it worthwhile exploring further? Because you get the vast amount of players that come in. I can't spend four hours on a player. And my favourite message to agents is, I'll look into him and I'll get back to you if interested. Because if all these agents came back expecting a reply from me, I'd be lost. Because yeah. we go through that much. And then once I've kind of, like that half hour, I'm, aye, it's worth exploring. I'll put it into wee Ewan, who's an analyst, and Andy Ferguson, who helps me with the recruitment. And then between the three, we'll spend probably, I don't know, 
six hours, eight hours on a player. A UK-based player is very easy, but to phone you, you know him, say, what's he like? Is he good in the change room? I think I'm, I levitate towards players rather than sometimes managers. So I think players give you honest opinions. Mm-hmm. What's he like? Is yeah. he good in the change room? One to one, you ask a player, they'll, they'll probably give you the honest answer. Ask them in a collective, they'll, you'll probably know, you'll get 70% of the truth. Uh-huh. Where when you speak to a player, you know, you know a player. You've been he's, one of he's play with them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's no rocket science, is it? No. Do you know it's what I mean? It's good to 68 hours on a player. You need to start doing that, mate. <laughs> I might have found you. I reckon I'd need to spend about 200 hours on you. And that was for me to talk myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a wee role I could find myself at this club. Watching the players. I think you? you're very impatient. Ah, you're right. I would just flick that by. Imagine he was your manager. You'd have had a phone and you'd say, you've done it, and go, ah, he's alright, he's no bad, and you mean watch them. <laughs> <laughs> how, would you, how would you have managed him, David, if he was your player? I think I'd have done alright with him. Uh-huh. I'd have done alright. But I would have stayed up doing one day, I would come to two now. I know, but I wouldn't have let you there. I'd have had you in your good place all the time. Who's been the toughest to, to, to manage? It's probably cultures, but more so like French or a different culture. I've had a lot of French players, I've got Dylan Bahambula. And certain elements of the French, it's just a different culture. Mm. And listen, see for six months of the year, they're going about like that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help you as a player, but hey, that mentality getting up, it's freezing. It's going out of training, it's freezing. Does yeah. that really help you as a player? So it's probably not so much just French, it's different cultures coming into the building. Like Dylan, Dylan's um, very, very religious. So you've got to manage different cultures and then integrate them all into a Scottish style they play intensity yeah. environment and see to be fair to them, they all they all buy into it. And if they don't, they don't really last that long. They're kind of everybody shakes. There's no that much money to live in some you go, I'm gonna sit and sit in my arse and take my contract. You can go and get more money elsewhere. So everybody kind of shakes hands. Look, look, I wish you all the best. Because no every decision you make is gonna be it's gonna work, is it? Mm. But it doesn't mean there's a nice nice way to deliver bad news. And I kind of it's kind of how I like to work. Many chances would you give a player if, if they crossed the line? It depends in terms of Have you got line. certain things that as soon as that happens, that's you done? I, I probably, I am probably on your case and then as soon as I come off your case, you're probably time yeah. to leave because you're wasting your time. I think if you can't listen to what we're trying to do away from the park, because I think modern day footballers, they don't feel when they're in the club, they feel when they're away from the, the club. And that's the biggest part, what they're doing away from the club. Because yeah. I, I spoke about it slightly earlier. I think in modern day football, it's, this is a sacrifice and a discipline in your life that you don't believe how much you've got to give up of your life. Even your family as a player, you've done it, but I think even more so now uh-huh. in terms of your nutrition, your sleep and your hydration. You, there's no really a big drinking culture. For me at this club, we try and give them three, four nights throughout a year where... Listen, guys, go out and go and enjoy yourself. You can get a glass of wine and that with your, your partners every now and again. But so if somebody was coming here off, Davey, would that not be accepted on that? There's no point. No. Football's now so athletic. Yeah, it's yeah. Olympians you're signing now. Uh-huh. Look at the Premier League. Look at the best player. Look at Mbappé for talking to you. You've got all the bullet in the world. But how, how good an athlete is yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Like, that's no coincidence. I used to go in rough so many times, man. That's I know, but do you not think you were that part of that, that culture? That older yeah, you culture. Wouldn't, you wouldn't move on. But that's time. what got us through. When I played juniors, going to training on the Thursday, brilliant Saturday, where are we? We're going there and walk out for a beer. That was the bonding. That's where you, yeah. and then a Saturday when you then played, you'd been out drinking with your pals and you'd run for a brick wall for one another. But you couldn't do that now because 
Football's now about elite athletes. So how do you get the bond inside it now then? We, we, we're in here 24, well, no 24 7. We're in here, the boys, you'll see a Friday, the boys are still here at half one, two o'clock. We so, what are they doing on their training day? What do they do when they're amongst So, you we'll get them in. So, you'll ask you to come in. We're roughly on the park at half ten. So, you're in at nine o'clock. We'll encourage you to be doing a prehab session in the gym, right? So, you're in there, you're working in various parts of your body. If you've got sore hip flexors, whatever it is, building up the muscles in and around areas where we feel there's a weakness, you get your breakfast in the morning. So come in, get your breakfast. We then know you've got the right fuel in your body for the training session at half ten. There's a full-time masseuse in here, so come in and get your massage. Come in and do your gym session. You're out in the park at half ten where it's a gym-based um, activation session or a pitch-based activation. Sometimes it's a mix of both. And then you're on the park at 11. So 11 to half twelve, roughly, training. Half twelve, in through the tunnel, your protein machine's there. So it's like a slush machine, but we've got fruit, um, spinach, ice, and protein powder. So it's all mixed into a, a protein drink that after trainers, half an hour, you've got a chance to repair the muscles in your body. So you've got to drink your protein drink. So you're buying protein drink, you're into your ice bath, or you're into a massage, into your ice bath, into your shower. Then your lunch, and then we give the boys a wee bit of free time in their phones. But we try and get that recovery process done. So up to that, no phones now? No phones. The phone's got to be like quarter past ten. No, I hate it. I hate it. Do you know what? Why come in at nine o'clock and sit in the change room on Instagram for 90 minutes? There's a gym. There's a fully built gym. Go and use it. Go and make, make yourself, yourself better. better. See if you don't want to do that. Fair enough. Crack on. But you'll probably get left behind because there's everybody else who's doing it. And that's the one thing for me. Can I compete with Celtic and Rangers financially? No, in a million years, I can't. But can I do all this as well as them? I can. I might not have the same resources, but I can do all the same things. It doesn't cost because it's hard work on our part mm. for the staff. So everything's here to make you better. That's exactly what we say to our players. If, uh, I didn't realise the detail you went in in terms of all that stuff. Our players want to be full-time players. And if they're only doing two nights a week, that gap's getting How, bigger I, and bigger see, and bigger. See, I'll see we pits, and I think I said it on your show. So I played centre mid with pits, came here, Six months into it, then I kind of took a wee bit more to do with the club and I brought Pitts in. It was a February, the window was open to the 2nd of Feb. I think I brought him in in the 1st of Feb, six months after myself. But see when we were at Broxburn, so I would take the training a lot of time with Pitts' dad, but he'd say, right, Tuesday, go and crack on and you can do what you want. I'd put him through what I felt was a really, really tough session and I was extremely fit. That's the one thing, I had good cardiovascular. So I was extremely fit and I was, I was blown. I'd go in, have my shower. Ready to leave me, pits is out doing doggies, but kept his cell out for another half hour because yeah. he'd been let go by Hamilton at Pro Youth. Got a never really there. made it, never really made it, never really got an opportunity. But by the way, I've never seen somebody work as incredibly hard as I did with Scott Pittman. And I know for a fact Pitt still does this. Tell him, Naughty, your day's off. He'll still go up he'll for a run. He will, he'll go and do his own thing because the biggest party, a modern day midfielder's legs. And if you look at some of the midfielders we've all played with, they're from fantastic footballers, eh? Like technically gifted players, but they can't they run. Yeah. So they find themselves dropping down the leagues. And even that, like, look what at it. an extra 20 minutes after training to go 20, 30 minutes. Nothing. But we do, we'll do individual sessions at half nine. So going back to it, we, I'll either say, right, Brucey, you're in with me at half nine tomorrow. We, Brucey, will come in 
24 hours a day if I'm doing shooting drills with him. He'll do anything like, on times of the, the pitch base stuff. So we'll identify, right, we need to do a wee bit with him, we need to do a wee bit with him. So between me, Neely and Berra, me, Neely and Marv, me, Dougie and Marv at that point, we're all doing extras with the boys at half nine in individual sessions. Might be in a group session, a smaller group session, at half nine to ten, then they can go and get their breakfast before they start the pitch base stuff. Brilliant, man. Just talk about me, Bruce. I seen him doing the know the drill with Jimmy Bullard. Yeah. Bullard was miles off it, wasn't he? Oh, he's terrible. Wait, what about his shooting? Uh, the I actually thought he'd have caught a lot of that, but fair play to Jimmy, he kept it in. Oh, he did, didn't he? Ah, he, he, was he, like, he was a good guy. Brilliant. He was a good guy. Brilliant. He was a good guy. 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 He was a but why don't I tell you right on camera why don't the two of you come in and spend a full week I'd you can bring that. your camera spend a full week so what you'd let us film the full week uh-huh. uh, we might need to cut wee bits but nah, we can, we'll cut you, man. Oh, yeah. no but we can do it you can spend a full week in here with us you can be players right you can be players but you can jump into staff meetings and that Brilliant, madly. And then I'm it gives you the detail and it might help you also uh-huh. as a coach. That'd be great, mate. I'd really I mean, because the twoies can kick a ball as well, can't you? Mate, I'm not just saying this. Seeing your position, right, I'll be the best player. Mm-hmm. I can't stop staring at that moustache. You meant that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your midfield player? Who's yeah, my, who's who's my dad? <laughs> Keep going with that, that's good. The only thing that's missing is a pipe. Sherlock Holmes here. Cool. He stole his jacket, I know. <laughs> 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 Baby, can I? Can Wait, you? Who is it? Holt, Kelly, Holt, Kelly, Pittman, Omi Enga, Sean Kelly. They have good players. Boxes and that. Uh, no, so on a Friday, we never done it today because we played on Wednesday. We've done a wee bit more patterns. They play today because see, after a Wednesday, the boys are recovery. So you're really only playing working with the players that are starting tomorrow for 30, 40 minutes right. a day. But generally on a Friday, you could. You could come in as members of staff during the week and then on the Friday you could put your books on and become a player because we've, we've got three no, boxes. I want to do a lot of that. So uh, right. uh, Tra- we'll train every day and we'll do the coaches stuff as can well. He'll, 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 he'll shit. He'll can, I'll so I can tell. I, no, no. I can think I'm coming in an excuse and he's I'll oversee. I'll not, I'll not be having the books. I'll oversee it at the side. I'll see I might, join I, in. I'll join wee bits and balls. I might let you. I'll do. Listen now. We'll not be any different from what we normally are. It'll be nothing, obviously. Could you go in the shower? Can you shower again? Just us two in it together. I'd make you look good. You'll be buzzing. (laughs) I'd make you look good. That's your mum. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Sorry. No, keep keep that in. No, my wife will kill me. (laughs) Ah, your wife. She will will love all that. Um, So you weren't happy with this statement, weren't you? No. But if I don't take it away, because I don't want to get involved with this. The statement here, pound per point. I go for it. Well, you know, well, half half it. It. I just threw him under the bus. I think you were all right, but actually, but I bet they, so what, what was it, the meaning by this? Right, so how did you work that out? So there's a thing called Moneyball, right? And I'm not going to name the club. So I know that's for a well-known fact. There's a manager who's top, top, top in England now, um, and how he was recruited was so the money they'd spent on their budget. So let's say in England, ten million pound and he, he managed to get 50 points. So that equated to, for every point he got, it equated to so many pounds. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So your budget's points gained. So if you then flip that in the Scottish Premier League, and we've all got a rough idea of roughly everybody's budgets. No, it's no, I'm no, it's no coincidence. 
What you get for finishing 12th in the Premier League's my budget next year. So the money, it's guaranteed money because the SPFL are giving you. Yeah, right. So that's my budget. It's roughly 1.3, 1.35 million pounds. So Celtic budget, just use Celtic and Rangers, right? They're a wee bit different, but what do you think Celtic's budget is? And be genuine, what do you think it is? 20 million. 20 million, do you think so? I don't know, I'm just... There's I'm no, no. Rubbish with numbers now. No. Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't I just came in next time it was around about 40 million for spending. Right, so let's go 40, right? So let's go 40 million. Where it is, we're 5 million out or whatever, right? It's irrelevant. So it's 45. So you're looking. No, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I just know. I know what certain players are on. Right. So there's certain players, and Celtic and Rangers, by the way, but why would they not be paying the They've earned the right to do that. Their business model now, whatever you say, Celtic's business model is incredible. They've earned the right to spend X amount in players. Why would they know? Yeah. It's not like the. The MLS, where there's a draft, and it's probably a little bit fairer in terms, but would any of us really want that? Everybody say spend £2 million. I don't think nah. I would want that as a football fan. Yeah. I want to aspire to beat Celtic. I want to aspire to beat them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And for them, globally, they bring a lot of money into exposure into Scottish football. So if you were to divide Celtic and Rangers, so we're no singling out a single Celtic, team, yeah. right? Celtic Rangers, let's say 35 to 40 million pounds. Divide that with the points you get, and that gives you how much it costs Celtic per point. Right, get you. Celtic and Rangers, Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs. We all know what our budgets are slightly, right? We all know this. You can get the information through the accounts anyway. So if you do that every year, then it spits out a number, obviously, because you're dividing it by the points, by mm -hmm. the budget. budget right. So I think what the year that Rangers won the league, Rangers were something along the lines of £425,000 a point. Celtic had dropped their points tally. Rangers won it with quite a wee bit that year. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 12 points. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. So Celtic's, Celtic's pounds for points was something like £750,000. And if you go down to us, I think St. Johnson had a good year. And St. Johnson's budget's more than mine. St. Johnson was something like 40 grand a point, and we were 27 grand a point. Wow. So when you look at your pounds or points, but why I'm going there with it, it's not a day with Celtic. Have you Rangers. got the lowest budget in the league? <laughs> a country mile. Have you, Dave? Yeah. Oh, but a country mile. We're 12. I know for a fact I've got the lowest budget in the league. But do you know what? I will counteract that by saying I've had 14 windows at Livingston. Right. That equates to a certain element of continuity. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Will that ever Steve? change you having the, the lowest budget at Livingston? I think for the club, and I spoke about this with the chief executive and the chairman, for the club to kick on, we're not going to go and find 3,000 fans overnight, so that's not going to change. We can't get any more commercial money into the club. We're kind of punching above our weight in terms of where we finish in the league, so it's really difficult to do that every single year. Mm -hmm. The only way we're going to do that is inward investment through, like if you look at Hibs, Aberdeen, Hearts with the foundation, but if you look at certain ownership models, maybe an owner coming in and going, right, do you know what? We're wanting top four, we want top six every year. There's a couple of million quid in the budget to go and get that. That's the only way, I think, for us. But then you need to get the right people because this club have been hurt with that in the past, haven't they? Yeah. Uh -huh. But you look at, there, there is owners, it's more American owners in Scotland now, isn't yeah. it? If you look at Dave, I know Dave's for Aberdeen, but Dave's done an incredible job at Aberdeen commercially yeah. with the money that they've managed to attract into Aberdeen and then you look at Ogren at United yeah. who's put his hand in his own pocket and you look at Ron Gordon at Hibs who's 
Putty's had in his own pocket. So they've brought that into football. And then you look at Hearts, who are probably the best run club in Scotland, out with the Celtic and Rangers. And uh, look at the foundation of Hearts, what their fans put into that club on an annual basis. It's, it's, it's incredible. incredible right? Kev, Kev, but it is a family, it's a community-owned club. Yeah. But it's run incredibly well. Do you think your job becomes harder so if you get that investment now? Do you think it's, it's you, so easier? If you're going into a you're going into a race, a Fiat Panda or a Lamborghini, where would you rather be driving? If you were driving the motor, Lamborghini. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, it's, would you know rather have that money to spend? And we're recruiting boys for League Two in England, eh, League Two in England, roughly National League, League Two, and then we're recruiting boys for League One in Scotland and the Championship in Scotland. And then you look at the bigger clubs, they're bringing international players in. <laughs> now, they players are international players for a reason, yeah? Mm-hmm. Because they're good. Yeah. Right, so there's a lot less coaching, I feel. I might be wrong. There's a lot less coaching when you're bringing international players in in 40 grand a week than me going out and getting somebody for party for so on 700 grand a week. Mm. I, I think that's but are they bigger personalities maybe harder to deal with as well on the flip side that I don't know I, I know I, I don't know I, I couldn't answer that I yeah. just know I know a lot of big players big former players and I've found them incredibly because they do want to do every night I think do you know what right. they're, yeah. there, they're there because they do the basics right. yeah, yeah. and away for the game yeah. away for the game do you the see hand. I think Callum McGregor's one of the most gifted footballers in Scotland you won't pick up the paper and see Callum McGregor all over the front page. No. He's an, he is an unbelievable athlete, by the way, mm. and footballer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He could go, for me, he could go down south and play in the top four. I, I, I genuinely, I think he's so good. I yeah, think he's yeah. brilliant. You look at the boys that are doing well down in England, Callum's better. Or he's on the same level, uh-huh. if not better. They turn the Arsenal, Robertson at Liverpool, mm-hmm. McGinn at Aston Villa. McGregor's phenomenal. In that class, Do you see the job you've done with Livingston on the budget you're on? Does that not make you think, I'd love to try? So I I'd love to try, of course I would. Of course I would, but I'm not in any hurry to leave Livingston. I'm not going applying for jobs. Somebody would wants you, me phone the chairman. Would you be confident in yourself in now taking a... Of course I would. Why would I not? Because you get a set of Rangers, David. That, well, why, 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 why couldn't you? Because uh-huh. you wouldn't need to do any more than what you're doing here. You're doing more here do than less. You're I think for me, I would like to be doing less. I'd want to be a football manager, but I'm not in any hurry to leave Livingston. Yeah. And until John and Robert come and say, "Oh, somebody's phoned me," or "You're not doing very well. It's time to move on," I'll be at Livingston. I've, I've, <laughs> Livingston's changed my life, so. Yeah. They've got my loyalty until that day. I'm not going to start applying for jobs to try and get away from Livingston. He's yeah. good. He's got that in his eye, now, isn't it? Uh-huh. I you. And Europe's in sight as well. Is that the end now? Is that the end? I think it's got to be and now. And do you see that in the players, Davey? Aye, now we do. Damn. Now we do. But we spoke about it at the start of the year, so I had a team mean. Where they what, 10th? You've got to be 10th in the Premier League. That's survival. We've got to stay in the Premier League. Right, so I went round every player, there's 24 seats in here and there's 23 seats in the first team dressing room. And this is why I've done it, because we built this, we built this up over the years. It was me physically, Dell's dad and a couple of boys that built all this. So, built this in specific with the first team in mind. So the 23 first team seats in the changing room, they sat here and we went through it and I said, what's your individual goals? Put it on the flip chart. Everybody wanted to finish top six, some wanted Europe, some were happy to stay in the Premier League. So then you evaluate the goals on a monthly basis, don't you? If we don't get top six now, we've only got ourselves to blame. Mm-hmm. And once you're in the top six, there's five teams get Europe. 
Why would Europe not be one of your objectives when you get there? Does it make, so see if you finish top six, does it make a massive difference yeah. for the club in the years coming? It probably, what it does is I've had a big loss through COVID, so the accounts this year are only going to be healthy right. in terms of, I think we've always made a profit, 30 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand, but that gets lost, it's not as if they go, well, there you go, Davey, that's been reinvested into the stadium over yeah. the years, but we're now probably at a point, five years in the Premier League, with a lot of the infrastructure that the club's been taken care of, we've built gymnasiums, we've built analyst rooms, we've built academies, we've done all that kind of work, we've done... We must have spent, the club must have spent easily six, seven hundred thousand pounds over the years in the infrastructure at the club. But we train here, so every penny we spend at the club makes it better for the boys on a daily basis. I.e. the video room that doubles up as a media room mm. on a match day. Do you know what I mean? So this is probably the first year the COVID accounts are showing a big loss because of one off one off costs be COVID testing and stuff like that. Yeah. There was no fans. Yeah. No fans for what was it, eighteen months or something like that. So you then get how we never, we paid the players every penny of their contract. Every penny. Chairman, Chief Exec came to me and said, Look, until there's a pound left in that bank, everybody will get paid. Brilliant. So and what's the income this twenty four seats and twenty three in there? No, so twenty I wasn't gonna just put twenty three in. So there's twenty three seats in the first team change room, so I specifically designed the media room with enough seats to accommodate every single player and in the media room. Uh, and then the first team change room. And this is where I'll sit, I'll plug my laptop in there, I'll be in the telly behind you, the lights will go off and we'll do our post and pre game stuff in here. That's brilliant, isn't it? So even if you finished fourth this year, got in Europe, would your Aim the next season, not aim, but would you still say we need to finish 10th? Or do you need to get away from that Again, mentality? it depends, I think. Probably no get away from it because you need to be pragmatic, but how much of that squad can I keep? Getting to Europe, does it allow me to keep mm. three or four of these players that are successful? Because every year, I try and date in three-year cycles, so every year I'm going to be three, four players out of contract every year, opposed to one year you're hit with nine and you're like... Do you know what I mean? So we try, I try and work in three-year cycles. So three or four players, can I keep them at the club? Because generally, we've been successful in the Premier League, so everybody just comes and punches your players, mm. gives them more money. Nobody really chaps your door and says, can you give me the same contract? <laughs> All right. But everybody's wanting a pay rise because of the success the collective has. Yeah. So you're losing them. So I think that year, if something like that was to happen, I could maybe keep they players that are probably this year out of contract that are going like Big Fitzy for example I'm going to go back down the road because I can get double my money mm. I couldn't give them double but could I give them a wee bit more if we got Europe and then for a coaching point of view if I've coached Fitzy for three years there's less coaching in yeah. Fitzy and opposed to bring well, like, I think it was a good analogy again, with yeah. Connor Goldson Connor could have left in the summer with Rangers eh? and I think Rangers pushed the boat out to keep him but the analogy was, what they would need to replace Connor Goldson, what, five million quid? And there's no guarantee, no guarantee that that boy's going to go and do well. Mm -hmm. And by the way, somebody that's been bought for five million quid goes, I want your top wage. So you need to give him a top wage mm -hmm. and buy him for five million. And then there's no guarantee. Mm -hmm. Connor Goldson, for me, is probably been one of the outstanding centre-halves in the Premier League consistently over the peace with Rangers. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to keep the boys yeah, in your yeah. building because your job becomes easier. See, if you want to keep them, your job becomes easier. So ones that leave that you probably are happy they're leaving or you're allowing them to leave, but the ones you don't want to leave, you lose. That's the difficult, difficult part, part going yeah. into next season and you'll have that every year. 
Have you got people in mind for next year already? And does in it change terms of my recruitment? That you're going to bring in? And ah, does yeah. that change on where you're finishing the league as well? Probably no, no. no. Probably no. We're probably, the league would be right, uh, getting to Europe would be icing in the cake where I think we'd probably need to expand the first team numbers because I don't think you can run me 23 free keepers and 20 players. I don't think you can do mm-hmm. that. Again, it depends what stage you're up. If you were conference group stages when you were fourth or you were like a fifth, like Motherwell, and you were out after the first round. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's difficult one to gauge because you don't know what you're guaranteed. Right. Do you know what I mean? But I think it helps you keep players at the club. Oh, yeah, I think clubs will be sniffing about you, mate. I really do. I really do. And as a job. <laughs> Would you like to sniff about him? I'm you're not, to sniff. You're, I'm going to sniff about him. It's a wee bit low, if you don't mind. He's unearthly to, <laughs> to use that word when you're interviewing me. <laughs> Sniffing about it. Oh, slow there, that. But David, and I'm no way for you under us. But you, there's a, a massive club in Scotland now who, obviously, the managers left. If uh, to me, they'll be looking. You've been putting his name in for it on the podcast. Oh, yeah. You keep, try to get my job. Get try, you try to get this job into me. You, <laughs> Merlin K. Who is it, Aberdeen? I think so. I mean, I, that to me is the, 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 would be the the gradual step you for think you. So. I, I've got a feel my my immediate future is probably down south. I don't think there's many clubs in Scotland would come and take a chance. I don't know if, I, if to be fair, some of the things I've seen in Aberdeen, I don't know if you're best there, mate, to be honest with you, some of the decisions you made. Alice, I'm not going to say too much because it's something that can be a bit controversial. But my immediate future is at Livingston yeah. and getting us to European football. Well said. But see, do you, do you know, I love it here that you are, it's your saying it really, mm-hmm. in terms of what happens, who comes in the door. How would you find that? Because most other, no bigger. I teams, think sometimes I'd love it. And would you have? I think it would be nice to have a recruitment team, a director of football, but Dave, everybody in this building, everyone is do five or six different jobs. jobs he can't put his job title on LinkedIn, it's too big. There's <laughs> about six different jobs. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But would you rather concentrate on doing your own job thoroughly and properly or jump about, try to do all the things? I think I'm getting to a stage where, for me as well, I want to. Go into a, uh-huh. a set up with resources, but if we got Europe, that might allow us to even yeah. kick on with the backroom team and the staff at the club to yeah. do it a little bit better. Like we've got a couple of girls that are part time that work in Maxty. Like, could they be full time, which makes his job easier, makes the office, which ultimately makes my job a wee easier. bit easier as well. Director of football, I'll be in hundred percent. Mm-hmm. You couldn't be a director. You must have a criminal record. But I thought you'd have been a snowdrop in charge. Oh, Do you know that is? She's never there. I remember you used to hang the clothing at your 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 mum you'd hang all your clothes out overnight and if yeah. there was a label on there you get wake up in the morning and somebody stole it off the washing line. But he'd be a snow. My dad's boxers. My dad's passed. I intent to sniff. Attempt to sniff. David Martin, <laughs> 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 David Hero. <laughs>